Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Thanks very much for joining us today. Uh, my next guest has been with us before. It's always a pleasure to have guests back so we can go deeper on their topics. This is Stephen Lynch from Results.com. He's the head of strategy and consulting. Now, let me ask you a question. You get into your car and you have no dashboard. How would you feel about that? And yet most business owners operate their business without a good dashboard. And what Results.com does is to to provide management dashboard software to help you engage your employees and achieve your company goals faster. Very important stuff. So, Stephen, welcome back to the show, and thanks again for joining us uh, once again today. Hello, Bill. Thank you. It's a, a privilege to be back here again. And uh, last time we talked in great detail about some of the important um, dashboard factors that business owners should be aware of. Um, and today we're going to talk about meetings that drive business execution. So I'm, I'm happy we're going to talk about that, Stephen. Before we get into that, tell our listeners just briefly about results.com and how it got started and what all you do for business owners. Uh, basically, it started, we've spent the last two decades as a management consulting firm, but now we're a software firm. We make management dashboard software for small to medium-sized businesses, and it helps companies to track their, their key performance indicators, their projects, their tasks, and most importantly, it helps them to run more effective meetings to drive better results. And the goal is to help business leaders to engage every employee at every level to contribute to the overall company's success. It's a, it's a web-based software-as-a-service platform. And that's uh, what most business owners need today is some kind of a way to say, okay, I've, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be spending less time in the day-to-day -day operations. I'm going to be more of a CEO and visionary, but I need to have something to take a look at to see what, so I can react quickly to any problems or uh, or opportunities that arise as a result of business operations, right? Correct. Yeah, you want to be able to see your, your business at a glance on a screen, whether it's your, your laptop or your mobile device, and, and say, what's happening in my business right now? How are the numbers tracking? What are people working on? Who's going well? Who needs my help and support? So it helps direct your attention to, to the right place so that you can you know, intervene and or manage effectively. And, of course, listeners, you can go to exacoachradio.com, look in the audio library, and enter Stephen Lynch, L-Y-N-C-H, into the search engine, and there you'll find his, his prior interview on that topic. So let's talk about meetings that drive business execution today. And what are some of the most common problems that hold companies back when it comes to executing their strategic plan, Stephen? Yeah, um, I, Bill, over the years I've learned that there's, there's probably three main reasons why, why companies fail to execute, and I, I call them the three lacks, and one of them is lack of focus. And you know, So some companies fail to execute their plans because they lack focus. They, they spread their energy over, over too many projects, and uh, they keep saying yes when they should be saying no, and, and they try to take on too much. And when you try to take on too much, it dilutes people's focus, and as a result, companies fail to do anything well when they do that. 
the other lack would be lack of good data, and and you know, and this happens when people aren't keeping their progress updated, and it might be that someone decides that just for this week I'm not going to update my dashboard, so we can't see the current status of their goals or their tasks because they might say, hey, I'm too busy, and and then it happens again, and 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 another week passes, and very soon your dashboard isn't telling the truth, and when your 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 key numbers, your projects, and your tasks are not kept updated, not kept visible to everyone with current accurate data, then you no longer have a clear picture of what people are working on or how well things are going. And you know, before long, uh, performance suffers. And the third lack would be lack of follow-up. And I see many situations in, in client firms where they've got an employee who's falling behind on their goals or their tasks, and it's happening week after week. They're falling behind, but the, but the manager hasn't said anything about it. And when the manager doesn't speak up, by asking the employee, uh, for example, hey, Bill, what's happening here? It sends a, an implied message to the rest of the team that the manager doesn't really care about performance and accountability, and after a while, performance will slack off across the entire team. So those three things uh, are the most common uh, problems I see when it comes to strategy execution, lack of focus, lack of good mm -hmm. data, and lack of proper follow-up. And, and the answer to that, uh, I guess, is, is running effective meetings each and every week. And I know meetings get, get a bad rap, and many people say, oh, no, not meetings. And I think you know meetings can be a waste of time, but it doesn't have to be that way. Meetings, if you do them right, can help you to be more productive, not less, and they can actually save you time as a business owner. And in fact, in my view, if you want to become a great leader, you must learn how to run effective meetings. And, and that's what we've seen, that the great leaders, the great managers that we work with, they run great meetings, whether it's with their teams or with each person one-on-one. -on -one. And the great news is, is that being able to run an effective meeting is a learnable skill. Mm -hmm. That's good to know, but because I, I would think the, 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 falling, the fall down point for a lot of people might be you know, it's that agenda. I just don't always have new, fresh stuff to put on the agenda. But from what I'm hearing from you, I think you said without, you know, the lack of focus, lack, lack of continuity and follow-up, those become check-in points. Uh, those become, that becomes a, a, a leading part of the agenda. And then that gives you, a, you don't have to start with a, a blank piece of paper for each meeting. Is that right? Correct, yes. Every yeah. meeting and, should be a continuation from, from the previous one. And what are some other tips? I mean, we, we've all heard some tips about leading meetings and things like that, but how do you put on an effective meeting? What are some tips that you can give our listeners? Yeah, and, and I'll come to that, but one of the, the things before you run a, an effective meeting is, is to get really clear on what it is that you, you want to be working on. And, and one of the biggest problems I see is that companies are, are taking on too much. So before you can run an effective meeting, you need to, to prioritize first of all. And uh, there was an incident recently where, where the general manager of a, a manufacturing company contacted me to inquire about our results.com software uh, to help them uh, execute their strategic plan for, for this year. And he said they always conduct strategic planning at the end of each year and come up with a list of things that they want to do in the coming year. And he sent me this list, and it had more than 20 projects that were assigned to various individuals with due dates sprinkled throughout this year. And he said the, the problem was that they seldom got many of these things done each year, and their board of directors was was getting frustrated with their lack of focus and their, and their lack of results. And he, and he asked for my advice first of all. And I said, well, I said, you've got a long list of things to do here, but that's not a strategy. Goal setting is not strategy. It's, it's just a list of things to do at this stage. And 
It happens mm. quite a lot where you have a planning meeting and you've got the managers and the board of directors there and they come up with a list of goals that they'd like to see accomplished. But rather than whittle that down to a few important strategic moves, they sweep that whole lot into a big list and say, that's our plan. And I said, well, no, it's not. Uh, to come up with a winning strategy, you, it requires some careful analysis and you've got to get a really thorough understanding of how your industry is likely to play out and get really clear on a small handful of moves that your company needs to make in order to position yourself for success this year, but also in years to come as well. And I said, look, you're just trying to take on too much and you'll be better served by focusing on no more than three key strategic projects to work on at any given point in time and to review and update those three key strategic projects each and every quarter as part of a quarterly strategic review. And I always uh, you know, I think of a story attributed to Warren Buffett that highlights that lesson and the story I heard was that someone approached Warren Buffett with a list of their personal goals and it had some 25 things they wanted to accomplish in the coming year and Warren said, well, Here's a highlighter. Highlight what you think are the top five in this list. And the person did that, and, and Warren said, right, I just want you to focus only on those and work only on those in the coming year. And, and the person said, well, what about all the other ones? When should I work on them? And, and Warren Buffett said, no, you don't understand. Everything that's not in your top five becomes your avoid-at-all-costs list. Oh, and, uh, I like that. Yeah, so it's like focus only that's on good. those, avoid everything else on that list. And, and that's the hard thing for businesses to do. They think, they think there's a whole lot of things we want to do, but it's like get really clear on what the critical things are and avoid everything else. And, and Steve Jobs was the same. He used to take his managers for, for off-site planning retreats, and he'd say, right, I want everyone to refine what are the top 10 things that Apple needs to do right now. And everyone would fight and struggle to get their pet projects on this top 10 list. And Steve Jobs would then say, I want you to rank them 1 through 10, and, and they'd struggle to get them ranked 1, 2, 3, 4, all the way through to 10. And then he would go, we can only do 3, and he'd cross out the bottom 7. And so he wow. really clearly signaled to his managers the importance of focus and said, we're only going to do that, and we're not going to do those other 7 things. That's a very valuable lesson, a very valuable information. Yeah. is So 3 is the magic number. It, is, it, it seems to be, and uh, we've long uh, since recommended this philosophy as well. So uh, uh, strategic planning, it's not about a big list of, of goals. It's about going through a disciplined process and identifying a small handful of critical projects that will have the biggest impact on your future success and only focusing on those projects to the exclusion of everything else. Brilliant, brilliant. Now, you're a big advocate of having one-on-one -on -one meetings with employees every week. Why are these so important? Uh, yeah, well, uh, it's something that we've observed and, and working with thousands of fast-growth companies, I've, I've noticed a, a key success discipline that the top-performing leaders and managers routinely practice, and it's that they do schedule a regular one-on-one -on -one meeting with each of their direct reports. Now, yes, team meetings are important. You've got to have those each and every week to keep everyone aligned, but you can't deal with the subtleties of each individual's personal needs in a, in a team meeting. And it's the one-on-one -on -one meeting where you're focused solely on that person their needs and how you as a manager can best coach and support them in the execution of their goals. And it sounds simple, but it does not necessarily mean that it's, that it's easy. It is a discipline and it often gets placed in that important but not urgent category. It takes real discipline to stick to a schedule of one-on-one -on -one meetings, but the payoffs are huge. And, and I often say to, to audiences that if you just did one thing differently as a result of, 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 of listening to me, it's book and schedule a one-on-one -on -one meeting with each of your staff and make sure that it happens each and every week.
should take you no longer than 30 minutes per, per person. So say, for example, if you had seven direct reports, you should be able to meet your whole team in one afternoon, one after the other. Block that time out in your calendar. Make sure you keep those appointments and you know, don't blow them off. You know, your number one task is to coach and support your people because you only succeed when your team succeeds. That's great information. So uh, in those in those meetings, are those, again, kind of check-in meetings, that that's where you get back to the uh, the other shortfalls you talked about, which is continuity of, of data and information and the follow-up? Yeah, so in, in that meeting, a, a, a typical agenda for a one-on-one meeting, I'd start off with having the person provide me with a status update on each of their goals and tasks. And it's just a, a discussion to make sure both of us are fully aware of, of the current situation. I would ask them to confirm their tasks for the coming week. And I'd say, well, you know, so what one action could you take this week to move each of your goals forward? And I'd make sure that we capture that task, write it down or, or enter it in your software dashboard so that both of us know here's what that person is working on this week. But it's really important that you follow up each week to make sure that those tasks get checked off as done. And I've got a saying that successful business execution, it's it's 20% giving people clarity about what needs to be done, but it's 80% following up to make sure it actually gets done. And it's, it's, it's the old saying, you get what you inspect. And, and if you hold people accountable for honoring their commitments to you, it, it, it's crucial if you want to create a high-performance culture. It's not micromanaging. You give the person the freedom and, and autonomy to go away and determine how best to achieve each task, but you must follow up each week to close the loop and make sure that it actually gets done. And there again, it's your opportunity as a leader to impose upon people the, the importance of focusing on their top three goals, their top three objectives, as opposed to, uh, if, if obviously, if you don't keep this in check and you have people that have task lists that are 20 items long based on goals, then you're going to have uh, problems down line eventually, right? Absolutely. And if you can help people prioritize their work each and every week, then you may not speak to them for the rest of the week, uh, but at least you know they are working on the right things and you can follow up the f- next week to make sure that they did in fact get those things done. Now, Stephen, everybody has problem employees or struggling employees. Uh, what should a manager do when they have an employee who's struggling? Yep, there's always one in every team, isn't there? And and, mm-hmm. and I guess one of the, the keys I find there is, is if you really want to effectively manage and coach your people, it's, you've got to make performance visible somehow. Obviously, I would recommend a, a software dashboard like results.com, but regardless of what you use, make sure that you keep the scores visible, that you keep people's work visible so that everyone can see what everyone's working on. And the Harvard Business School, they call that management approach radical transparency. And they have found that it does deliver superior results because – our brains, I guess, are wired and strongly motivated by a sense of fairness. And when everyone's performance is made visible, that way, as a manager, we can coach our people in a highly objective fashion. We know who's going well and who needs our praise and acknowledgement, but we can also see who's struggling and who needs our help and support. So if we have got someone who's struggling, you know, what do we do? And, and I, I like this quote from Peter Drucker. He said, leaders owe it to the organization and their fellow workers not to tolerate non-performing people in important jobs. And Personally, I can't think of any job that's not important, and uh, and here's where I see many managers come unstuck. They might invest in a software dashboard so that they make everyone's performance visible, but then they fail to, to close the loop. And, and as that per- my saying, it's successful business execution. It's 20% giving people clarity about what needs to be done, but it's 80% following up to make sure it actually gets done. And uh, so... 
you know, if you do see someone that 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 is not performing, you, you do need to address it. It's not fun, but it but it has to be done because problems, in my experience, they seldom fix themselves. And if you allow people's performance to be below the agreed standard without saying anything and without taking visible mm-hmm. action to address the issue, what you're effectively saying to the rest of the team is that poor performance is okay around here. And Well, no, it's not. And, and if you allow poor performance to be the norm, a culture of mediocrity can develop uh, in your organisation. Um, yeah, people will show up, they'll put a smile on their face, but, but they won't take performance and accountability seriously, and if you're not careful, they won't take you as a manager seriously either. So let's assume you've got someone struggling on your team and you, and you think, yep, I've fulfilled my side of the bargain. I've, I've hired the right person for the role, I think. I've, I've given them clear expectations. We both agree that these standards are, are, are relevant and achievable. I've given them the tools, the training, the mentoring and support that they need. Um, you know, so I, I think I'm fulfilling uh, my side of the bargain. If you haven't, then you need to start by fixing yourself first. But, but let's assume that you have. I guess my recommended approach is to use a three question sequence and, it, and it's every time you see performance is not where it needs to be you just ask you know this three word question what's happening here and you ask it in a, in a, in a friendly non-threatening manner and allow the employee to respond now there may be a valid reason why something's not getting done and let's make sure that we get that reason out on the table so the first question is what's happening here my second mm-hmm. question is okay so what action can we take this week to move this forward? I'd let them come up with suggestions first. I might provide some suggestions myself, but we will capture at least one action that they can do this week that's going to help address you know, their below-par performance. And my third question, what support do you need from me? I want to make it clear that I'm on their side and that my role is to support them to be successful. Uh, and But most importantly, I need them to know that each and every week I'm going to follow up to make sure that that task got done. And most importantly, they need to know that each and every week that same three-question sequence is going to occur whenever we identify any performance issues. It's what's happening here, what action can we take this week to move this forward, what support do you need from me? And hey, if the person makes the necessary improvements, I'm going to praise them and acknowledge them for their progress. However, if they're continually or habitually falling short, then it's, it's my job now to do something about it, and I, and I can't let poor performance fester. Fascinating information. Great great to spend some time with you today. Let me tell our listeners that, that Stephen's the author of the award-winning book, Business Execution for Results, A Practical Guide for Leaders of Small to Mid-Businesses. And his book was judged Best Management Book in the, US's, the USA's 2014 Small Business Book Awards. And uh, he's had articles published in The Economist and writes a weekly email newsletter that has over 40,000 business leader subscribers around the globe. Results.com's software gives them unique and privileged insights into the day-to-day operations of thousands of small and medium-sized growth firms. And if you'd like a demo on how the software can help your company, go to their website, www.results.com, and request a demo. And let them know you heard about Results.com via Exacoach Radio, and they'll throw in a free consultation session on how to improve employee accountability in your organization. Thank you so much, Stephen, for joining us again today. It's been fascinating and interesting, and I look forward to the next time we speak. Thank you again, Bill, and I I really uh, admire and, and appreciate everything that you do for your listeners. Thanks very much. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this, so please stay with us. 